0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
2: Hey kids, today we're bringing you a special episode. Back when Indy had just finished reading The Will of the Empress, we met to talk about it. This was a chance for me to gush about my favorite book to someone who actually understood, and a chance for both of us to get some strong feelings of love out about the series as a whole. This is not a structured conversation and is filled with all the meanders, interruptions, and swear words that our conversations normally contain. Welcome to The Secret Chat. (laughs) hello welcome to the reading circle temple special bonus episode i'm molly i'm indy we are discussing the will of the empress before Brittany and goodwin kind of to give you some context we're recording in between our chapter one episode and our chapter two episode since they're only in chapter one this is for us for me especially because i'm so excited about this uh but also for all of you guys after we finish the whole book, to get to experience Indy's first reactions to The Will of the Empress. I have only reread, like, the first three chapters. And so, like, I read this book more than any of the others, but you have also read it more recently than I have now. So there's definitely going to be stuff of like, oh, I don't remember that or don't remember where it happens. We did not set out, like, a specific format for this episode. So we're just going to kind of make this up as we go along. So... Indie, general thoughts. Oh, holy
1: shit. As I said in our uh, discord message, (laughs) discord messages, holy shit snacks. (laughs) You read it pretty much in one sitting, right? There about, I read it in about nine hours. I was dead.
2: (laughs) I was sick. (laughs) But I asked you, to please message me all of the things in the discord and you did not disappoint it was like 50 unread messages and it was beautiful (laughs) and it was full of gifts and i love the fact that you used one of them twice i'm gonna start here with i have said many, many 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 times that this is my favorite book in the series. I have to say I'm a little worried about saying that because I'm worried that I'm gonna hype it up and then you guys are gonna read it and be like oh uh because I've, I've been there where like people have hyped stuff up for me and it was just like oh this was not as good as I was expecting. But you it sounds like uh you felt like it more or less lived up to the hype. You had
1: hyped this up a lot and like part of me is like okay so Molly and I have pretty similar taste in books and you know i i definitely trust your judgment on good books and so i was like okay it's gonna be good
2: it means a lot i have to say that
1: and at the same time i was also kind of worried because when something is hyped up you're expecting a lot and i gotta be honest like it definitely delivered
0: I'm glad I've, to hear
1: that. I won't go so far as to say this is my favorite book in the series, but it is definitely up there. But I also have emotional attachments to Briar's book. Right. For sure, and, for sure. Yeah.
2: Mostly I'm just glad to hear that like it wasn't a disappointment that you weren't like, "Oh, Molly hyped this up and now it was just like not that great."
1: Yeah. Um, no, it was it was actually really, really good.
2: She has been writing long enough that by the time well the empress came out her just her writing ability has improved and as a result this book is just really tight and it's really good oh my um, gosh
1: <coughs> it, it it definitely is and i i genuinely love how neat everything is if that makes yeah. sense it's very clean very
2: neat before I forget, I have to say y'all's predictions.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 I've got, like, this (laughs) thousand-yard stare of just I don't even remember what the predictions were. I'm gonna be honest. I am
2: am just so glad that I'm, like, able to unload all of this now, especially because I'm, like, sitting there just, like, laughing horrendously when y'all are predicting, and, like, and you guys are, like, trying to read my face and everything, and... They're like, oh, we're right, we're right. Cause like look, look how she's grinning and all of this. And I I said this in our chapter one episode, but uh, what I told Goodwin was you were right about all the wrong things. Yes. Um so like the, the big one is when you were trying to decide who was in the book and you were like, you said that it was Briar and Rose and Effie. So I was just thinking, like, well, you know, I know that I said sometime in season five that it wasn't much of a spoiler to say that must've been at the end of season five Instead, said it wasn't much of a spoiler to say that Evie will show up in the last three books because she's traveling with Briar and Rosethorn. But I definitely didn't specify that it was the will of the empress because she is not in the will of the empress. No, I'm a little bad actually. <laughs> Um,
1: like the, uh, I connected the dots. <laughs> I, connected, I connected
2: them. <laughs> it just, it, I, so I, I'm really sorry. I had to rub that in your face just a little bit. Um, hey, listen, what- we were,
1: we were, I was working with existing knowledge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it it also makes me glad because like you were like you gave so much away and so I'm glad to hear like I was glad to see that I maybe hadn't given too too much away. You or Brittany or somebody did say like oh well I think that all of the kids are gonna come back together and they're gonna have a really hard time like getting on with one another because they've been apart for so long and they've grown and changed and that is literally what this book is about. I (laughs) think it
1: might have been Goodwin.
2: So the next thing that I have to talk about is, of course, J'gors. So you probably remember that there was a point at the end of Cold Fire where we were just like talking after our recording session and I was like, you have to go because I have to like make a personal recording about like all of the things that are going on right now that I can't tell you about because they're coming later yeah editing the episode I think it was specifically editing the recap episode for cold fire and you were talking about it was like what else do you want to see and you're like I just want you know, like the little Zhigor, like the little the little loony guy, like our Daja's loon, as like a side quest thing. And I'm just yeah. sitting there going, "It's coming, it's coming, Indy." Yeah, so wait another couple books. Um, like, so how did you feel when he showed up? That no, that was literally
1: gonna be my thing. It's <laughs> like my favorite part of this entire <laughs> book is that I get my loon, and <laughs> I okay so. I'm going to be honest, when we were reading Shatterglass, Triss started seeing stuff on the wind and started, like, I mean, she hears stuff anyway, right. but when she started seeing stuff on the wind, I was like, this sounds familiar.
2: This sounds real familiar. If you listen back in season eight, there's a lot of parts where I just go like, there's so much foreshadowing. And what I'm actually talking about most of the time is the foreshadowing for his return in Will of the Embrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No. <laughs>
1: Like, that, that was my big thing, is, like, I, I started, like, it's kind of like, oh, this sounds really familiar. And, th- and then th- that's my scarecrow, and I'm just like,
2: no, no, that? Right, right. <laughs> and no, uh, And he's named now. Yeah. And I had forgotten that he's not named until Will of the Empress. And so I almost called him by name in Cold Fire. And then I was like, oh, fuck, we don't actually know his name. So I'm glad to finally. And I, I did occasionally, just randomly in the middle of episodes, just be like, Jigors. Um, I'm sure that it's cut out of most, if not all of the episodes. And I, I'm going to be honest. So, like,
1: the reason why this makes me so happy is, like, when reading Cold Fire and especially rereading i love the fact that we had this whole like 30 minute conversation of just how much we love him and i had no idea what was coming and like let me tell you that was my second favorite part of this entire book just all of him Uh, i love how sane he is for how crazy he is if that makes sense and that, that's one of the reasons why I really liked him in Coldfire, is like, while he was obviously seen as crazy, he was still like, I don't know a good way to put it, he, he, he was still like, of himself enough. I, I love those kind of characters in general, and like, even though we only get to see him twice in Coldfire, because we do see him twice when he comes yeah. back, listen- there is hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna count hold on. it's the fourth message in
2: all caps that says <laughs> my loon how I missed you yeah and, and I told you and that then, I was going to mark a spot in the book and uh obviously I haven't, haven't had a chance to give you the because you read it on kindle but like that was that was the spot I was gonna mark. That was the spot that I was like, I'm gonna post at this and be like, you have to call me, text me something as soon as you get here. Well, like, but immediately... was like it's okay, I don't have to mark it. You'll know when you get there. Yeah. Shortly after,
1: because um, I think like I it, as soon as you know he came back in, I was like, holy shit! Yes, I love this. I'm so excited. And That's why, like, that's when I messaged you the first one and then when he started talking i like i sent the next message which was i never put two and two together but holy shit it's so obvious now when that was going on i was like it sounds really familiar but why can't i place it it's because we only see it for like a scene
2: a singular scene so when we did the chapter 16 episode of cold fire this is Mm -hmm. in the episode Zhigor says, they say I'm mad. You're not even locked up when Daja's about to go back into the fire. I wrote, because they know she's a mage. I was writing that for myself. She's not locked up because she, they know she's a mage. You're locked up because they don't know you're a mage. I accidentally, I didn't mean to read it in our recording. And then I did. And then I just kind of like tried to gloss over it really fast. But if you go back and listen to the recording, a round, and i wrote, just- <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I actively remember that I was like yeah no 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 like that makes sense like as a mage like yeah, you
2: it's a mage. because he is a mage and they don't know it yeah uh, yeah oh my god um, oh you're oh. good yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. And then just all of the stuff in Shatterglass. Glass, every time they say anything about scrying on the wind. And it talks about like how crazy it, it can make you and all of this. And I'm like, she is doing such a good job leading up to his reappearance in The Will of the yeah. So I guess uh, next, how do you feel about our boy?
1: the very very first message i sent you (laughs) yes i keep saying this so like (laughs) no
2: for sure the people who are listening understand yeah we might have to like copy and copy and paste it into the tumblr after we release this yeah
1: the very very first message i sent you was in all caps briar you dog (laughs) yep And that was directly in reference (laughs) to the very, very first chapter, when Trace is like, I know (laughs) what you're doing. Right,
2: right. (laughs) I
1: remember reading that, and I was just like, you dog, and then like a little bit later, I was like, oh, now I feel bad. (laughs) Like, I get it. I suddenly get it and now I feel bad as as someone who does have PTSD. Like it is a lot easier when you have nightmares for there to be somebody there. Right. And it also makes it less likely that you'll have a nightmare. It just right. I, I typed that and then like a little bit later I was just like, oh wait,
2: wait. Okay. I'm gonna see if I can find this old poem of mine which is inspired by a fan fiction that I wrote. I didn't literally write it. I just like came up with this story in my head. Later I wrote a poem about it, and I haven't read this poem in ages because it's old and I'm not a huge fan anymore, but (laughs) you are probably the first person who I'm going to read this poem who will understand uh, the references. I'm gonna preface this with just sort of with the general fan fiction that I came up with was Roseone specifically tells Briar to see a soul healer and then he talks about it as well at the end. So I liked the idea of somebody who is like a soul healer or something like that who like agrees to quote sleep with him and then they literally just sleep. So that's the first half. Then the second half is in college I was in a like poetry group. We would just like meet uh once every week or every other week and we would workshop poems, sometimes we'd go to the local poetry slam, various things like this. And we'd occasionally like have prompts and stuff that we'd like give everybody and try out. So like everybody would be like, okay, this week we're all gonna write on X prompt. One night we are in the student union where we meet and down the hall, we hear somebody going, Brian, Brian. We were all going like, who's Brian? A prompt that we, we gave the group that week was to write about Brian. And this is the poem that I came back with. Three women refused me. By then I'd been banging Katie for three months. We had both just turned 18 and wanted to know what it felt like in the cars rocking back and forth at the lake. I slid my hands up her yellow spaghetti strap dress and it slipped off her shoulders as easily as a virginity slipped onto the floor of my sister's station wagon. She unzipped my fly as I leaned down to kiss her dimpled cheek and we got that junker singing like Julie Andrews head on her chest I fell asleep each night to the sound of life pulsing through her veins and when Katie was tired Baggy Michaela and Violet sang just as loud then one night I asked Rhiannon and it turned out she was dating my sister that night I slept with no one back against a tree When Katie found out about Maggie, Michaela and Violet, she slapped me across the face, dissolving a relationship as the morning sun dissolves the stars, but by then it didn't matter. I had moved on to Maggie and Michaela and Violet's best friends. I slid my tattooed fingers up their thighs and watered them, but took pains not to fertilize and women waited for me like flowers wait for rain. Except Anna, who said she'd rather do it with a goat. That night, I tossed and turned on a church pew, but returned the next night with Rose, and we shook the walls of the confessional as she shouted, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, and I thrust with each echo of, I have sinned, I have sinned, I have sinned. Then I met Kara, pretty as a peach and sharp as a spear. I invited her to my garden. She said she'd sing to me, said she'd sleep with me, but she laid down with her clothes still on. I removed only my shirt and placed my head on the pillow, our lips a kiss away. Then I heard her singing. I opened my eyes to find sunlight winding around her hair. How was it? She asked. Best night of my life. So What's you that? are the first person I've read that to who will like truly understand that piece. I love that because it's so much. Though. Really, it's that. better when you've read The Will of the Empress. Yeah. <laughs> i've already said this but i love watching other people read this book because i distinctly remember that scene in the first chapter where he's like no the bells don't bother me the colors of the dedicates robes don't bother me i'm going why would they what is going on i guess like in retrospect I, i i think it was an interesting experience of reading the book and not fully understanding and sort of learning as the story went on kind of what happened to him <coughs> but then i love the fact that they're basically 18 now and he's just a horny college student and then i love yeah. the discovery of those two things tying together and it, it being like oh wow this is not just that he's a horny college student though to be fair to paraphrase pierce on a tumblr post briar will sleep with anyone around his age that is consenting um so he is a very sexual being anyway uh, yeah i also particularly like the scene with ambrose where ambrose is discussing with him the fact that he's like sleeping around and he tells uh briar to be responsible and briar just oh responsibility is my middle name drought Hort is my other middle name um, <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm not stupid <laughs> yeah um <laughs> But also like, and I'll bring this up in the episode when we get there in the book, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Pierce fans love about Pierce, but two of the like really big things that come up that are like, this is what sets her apart from so many other authors is she deals with puberty in a way that is super, super normal. And then also she writes sex and she writes safe sex. She writes about characters that have sex again normal and acceptable but she includes things like consent and birth control and that's awesome yeah Um, i love that it comes up in this book where yes birth control is a thing and it's a good option and uh sex is okay and shouldn't be like stigmatized
1: i i (laughs) really do love that this is gonna sound strange the way i'm gonna phrase this i love that we get to see such different different sexualities yeah okay so like i'm not i'm not so much talking about like being a lesbian or being bisexual or what like not that kind of sexuality i mean like the preferences of how sexuality happens like we see prior is very promiscuous but it's not in like a a negative light, and right. like I, I do really like that because at a younger age there isn't really a lot of like in in the states there isn't a lot of sex ed there isn't a lot of discussion of it's normal for this right. and so like I I really like that that's in there but I also really like Chris's ew boys <laughs> yes because i feel that it normalizes everything from i'll sleep with anything it's fine to i don't want anybody to touch me right and like as as someone who doesn't like anyone to touch them (laughs) it's it's refreshing to see something that is possibly asexual i mean somewhere on the arrow ace spectrum being written and like Mm -hmm. normalized but then of course like we have daja you know figuring out that like it it talks about how she'd kissed boys before and it's just like yeah cool whatever like right
2: right
1: i don't understand why people like this and then like all of a sudden it makes sense so i really really like that but i also really like how sandry is handled and there's a lot more complexity when it comes to sandry because you do have the fact that she is nobility and only certain people can court her and then there's this i'm gonna i'm gonna say it now before i get into this the third message <laughs> i sent you which was before the my loon how i missed you <laughs> Was yes. okay. I really, really like Shannon. I feel like I'm going to regret that. <laughs> yep. I just <laughs> I needed to say that before I preface, like before I like preface that before I continued on with the sentence. She doesn't want to be courted. She wants to choose. It's that idea of autonomy. Yeah, that is ultimately what she's seeking and. I think that that's also super important. Yeah. Growing up in the South, primarily, you are, like, I was raised in a very Christian household. Hypocritically Christian is what I should have said because it, it it's not a follow the good book. It's follow the good book when it suits me, kind of. Right. Like, we were taught that, like, you did not have sex before marriage and when you got married you pretty much only had sex to have babies that was it that was what sex was there was no no discussion of it being normal to just want to have sex Mm -hmm. or that it's normal to not have sex just to make a baby it is very refreshing to see something like this i feel like especially in sandry's case because it's repeated throughout certain scenes with the circle Mm -hmm. and the circle opens is that sandry is expected to get married to a very specific type of person and all she's worth is to pop out baby that's all she's good for and I love that in this book especially it shows her autonomy of that's not what I want especially like when we get towards the end and we really find out that hold on I messaged fucking snake I knew it yeah (laughs) we find out that shan actually is kind of just the same as the rest of them and that he has his own motives for trying to make this happen and she immediately is is like you know what fuck you not, I, I guess I've got to go along with this now. It's quite literally a "fuck you," don't touch me, get away from me. I don't like you. I'm gonna wrap you in a fucking cocoon and hang you from a goddamn tree. Listen,
2: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> I I know that I keep saying this, but I I absolutely love that there is a preaching of consent and autonomy. Sexuality isn't. Something to be scared of or ashamed of. I want to make a comment. Speaking of sexuality, I knew that Daja got a girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything else about it, I just knew that yeah. it happened, and so like seeing it in real time was just like, oh yeah (laughs) yeah Um, but also bisexual like rose thorn i'm fucking here for it
2: Mm -hmm. i was i I have been waiting since the fucking beginning though actually uh you haven't because i'm pretty sure that back in like season one you say that you feel like lark is definitely bi and rose thorn is not and i was like are you sure? What if it's the other way around? And you're like, no, no. Lark is the bio one (laughs) And I just sat there and cackled silently.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair.
2: But like, listen. I could be wrong. I think so.
1: I'm fucking here for it though. Like, let's just be like that. Um, So
2: I've, I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, because we've been talking about Larkin Rose Thorn for ages. When they first showed up, I asked you and Brittany, so what do you think of the relationship? Like, do you think they're together? And like, I'm pretty sure all of us ship Larkin Rose Thorn at this point. Yes. And so I've been waiting for it to be like, oh, by the way, it really is canon. They are together. <laughs> yeah, no, I read that. And I was just like, I'm fucking here for it. Please tell me you got up and did a dance. I, I was I, too. It's interesting for me reading it the first time because I often don't get read subtext frequently with romantic relationships. Like if it, as an author, if you don't spell it out for me, I'm not going to see it. If it's in like a TV show, I often catch it because I'm used to a lot of the tropes that like build the sexual bench. I'm like, ah, I see you're supposed to be pushing them together, but books eh. also like I read these books, these first books when I was like 12, I never caught on to the idea that like Lark and Rosethorn are a couple when I read the will of the empress it was like oh that makes sense it surprised me but it didn't at the same time like it surprised me because it hadn't occurred to me but it didn't surprise me in the sense of like it didn't make sense it was like oh that makes sense but like I didn't realize that and then like so many of my friends were like oh wow like I totally thought that when I read the first books (laughs) yeah nope completely over my head
1: it's definitely that I uh I had that feeling like when I first read it, just because like, no, right I'm not back. Yeah, right.
2: It's yeah. little things like that. Yeah.
1: That and the I'm fact just, that Lark like,
2: calls her Rosie. Yeah. Like, and it's probably the only one in the world who does. Yeah.
1: there's There's like little things. I'm not saying that you can't be like that with your best friend. I am not saying that. And I'm nowhere also saying that you can't just be like that with your friends in general. Right like right. I, I am a firm believer in platonic love and just being
2: because yeah. well, well i feel like a good example is you and Brittany. like you and Brittany have a lot of larkin rose thorn vibes but you are definitely not a couple not a romantic couple
1: no uh, as much
2: as her husband may think so
1: as much <laughs> as her husband may think so <laughs> i am not trying to steal britney <laughs> right. It's like those little things, and I think that even reading it as young as I did, I think one of the reasons why it struck me that those two were together was because I wanted them to be, mm-hmm. and it to be normal. Yeah. Since I was super young, I've kind of known that my, my sexuality has been not heteronormative as a queer kid um uh, (laughs) I'm glad that you caught the use of words there uh but no as as growing up queer you my age like in our age group we didn't have a lot of representation in media like at all and if we did it was written off as a joke or Mm -hmm. as they were you had queer-coded villains we grew up shortly after the AIDS pandemic Mm -hmm. started to die down and there was a lot more like coverage and support and so when I say that they're also portrayed as like these plague carriers basically Mm -hmm. like and they're demonized like that's that's the media that i grew up with it was so nice and refreshing to see this pair of women who just are so comfortable with each other and obviously care a lot about each other i wanted them to be together because i wanted it to be normal for it and so like there's a lot of validation for me right <laughs> in right this. and like i i have always been adamant about how much i think that rose thorn and lark are together and now i say i say this hold on i say this and then like when i was a lot younger i was like also like but rose thorn and frost pine
2: Well, now you can have the best of both worlds.
1: I can have the best of both worlds. Because
2: Rosethorn is bisexual. I am down Um, for it. (laughs) And I don't know if it's stated in this book, but somewhere I believe Pierce has stated that they are also both polyamorous. Which just... So, like all the people who ship lark and rose thorn all the people who ship rose thorn and Frostpine, all the people who ship rose thorn and crane we can all just be one big happy family
1: i'm gonna have questions about the crane one but i think the only reason why i say that is because i see them as being intellectual rivals yeah there is kind of that Their relationship that...
2: is mental rather than physical
1: yeah yeah, I can totally um,
2: see that too. There was a lot of validation
1: in the actual representation of characters and culture. And I really do enjoy that we get to see Daja kind of working through it. Because that is one of those things that a lot, now not all of the community like feels this way, but like a lot of testimonies in the circles that I'm in especially Mm -hmm. in older groups they knew that there was something different but they Mm -hmm. never knew what it was especially in the older communities because I do talk to a lot of the the remaining elder LGBT Mm -hmm. community and I think that a lot of them were so forced into believing that It was wrong. That's something that you don't tell anybody and that you don't do any... You scroll that away. You don't talk about it. You push it down. And, like, to me, that's one of the reasons why the AIDS pandemic was so bad is because these people were... It it got too much. And so they started having these relationships in secret. And because of that, it got so bad. It's, It's not made to be this big thing either um right it's just normal for it I I feel like that's one of the reasons why Pierce wasn't as well known Mm -hmm. because you had some writers like some YA writers that just blew up and they were super known and like I feel this series is really well composed and it, it it's so much more relatable and I feel one of the reasons why Pierce wasn't as well known o- outside of us devoted fans is that she didn't shy away from making these characters very unapologetically gay. Well, I'm
2: going to point out here that when I was in college and I was doing a lot of hanging out on fanfiction.net it's really interesting when you look at like fanfiction communities for the circle of magic especially older fanfiction communities because early on there was like a very clear divide of people who 100% shipped Larkin Thorn and people who are like ew no that's gross uh and I just think it's absolutely hilarious that like every other Fan fiction community out there, people are always shipping like the weirdest pairings, and it's usually slash great. Like you hang out in in the Harry Potter fandom, and you will run into God knows what sorts of weird pairings. The welcome to the internet line.
1: We have a bunch <laughs> right. of Harry Potter characters fucking each other. Welcome right. to the
2: internet. <laughs> right, and and then you hang out in the Circle of Magic fandom, and. This is, this is one of the first series, certainly, that I read that has canon gay characters. All of the fan fiction is like Briar and Sandry or Briar and Trist, which I guess like in its own way is weird because they're siblings. I just think it's hilarious that every other fandom, people are shipping slash fics and pe- people are writing slash fics out the wazoo and people are shipping all these weird pairings. And then you get to the circle of magic where Pierce hands you on a silver platter, the slash pairings, everybody's fan fiction is super mundane. Yeah, I do find that really funny. I
1: I think it's bizarre, but I also think it's fascinating that you have a lot of uh, LGBT media that gives you all of this and for some reason, that does not make sense to me. People are like, I'm going to make these two as hetero as possible. And I'm just <laughs> like, baby, baby. <laughs>
2: That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Since we're talking about sexuality, let's talk about the empress's whole, I a man and I know how to handle them. Yeah. And like sort of her goal of essentially seducing him. I mean, she's trying to seduce all of them, but him in a more sexual manner than the girls. I do distinctly remember reading this and being like, oh no, no Briar, please don't fall for it. And yeah. I know you sent me the message with like, oh good, my my boy does have a head on his shoulders. Was... Has a
1: brain above his belt.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And I had that same moment where it's like, oh my God, like he didn't fall for it. As part of this whole relationship, I want to talk about the scene where Briar fights the guy. Yeah, the the guy, like, the the empress has her pet, and then, like, she's grooming Briar to be her new pet, and he gets jealous, and so Briar's like, okay, let's have a fight. They agree to fight with no weapons, and so he just starts shedding knives. Such (laughs) a fantastic parallel of the first time. we see Briar. I feel like this is the fulfillment of a prophecy that you had early on. You said something in that first book where you were talking about Briar just pulling knives out, and I feel like this is kind of the same thing as you had described. I
1: am (laughs) so excited. I can't wait for Brittany to get to this scene in particular, because Brittany and I talked about that just so intently um feel like Brittany is going to be so excited yes. but let's talk about my favorite part about this scene
2: which is Dasha which is Dasha I love Briar pulling out the knives but what really pulls the scene together is Dasha just going pulling out her ledger and be like okay I've got I've got 20 bucks on Briar I do like the fact that, like, after everything
1: is said and done, Josh is like, I expect it by this time, and you better not skimp. <laughs> I will know. Let's I, go.
2: I, at some point, we talked about how, like, Sandry and Daj are really close, and, like, Briar and Trish are really close, which is true, and, like, kind of comes through in this book, but, like, I love this moment. People where we get to see Briar about with Daja like, so they're
1: speaking of Briar and Daja just as a whole we have a couple of really good moments between those two and like specifically the one where Daja is like holy shit I'm gay and Briar's
2: like a bitch you didn't fucking know go get it girl <laughs> like, <laughs> That was the other thing that I was gonna mention about sexuality uh, is already cool that we have different sexualities that we have. Briar who's getting it on with anyone who is consenting. <laughs> Daja who is discovering, oh, this is why I didn't really enjoy kissing boys. And then Tris and Sandry who are kind of like, uh, not interested. And what's even better than having like all this spectrum is that they are fully supportive of one another. Yeah. like. Briar is getting it on with every girl in town and the girls are just kind of watching it and laughing and they're like well you know we're gonna let him make his mistakes and oh it looks like he pissed off Katie again because he probably slept with so-and-so that was a bad decision and then when Daja tells the others that that she's gay the the reaction is literally like why didn't you let us know earlier like you think we would have been upset after Larkin Rose Thorn like that's literally how we find out about Larkin Rose Thorn I absolutely adore that like not only do we have a variety of sexualities but they are all so supportive of one another yeah they do not have any expectations for what the others should or should not how the others should or should not behave sexually
1: so i want to actually bring up something about that the kiss that we get the two parallels with Daja and sandry because those happen short in a very very short period of time right i absolutely love that sandry is basically like okay is this what I wanted, or is this residual of my connection with Daja? Mm-hmm. And I really, really like how that is also handled. Like, right, just, oh, right. Because I feel like it could also be a softball of a change of consent, of, I, mm-hmm. yeah, let's, let's do this. And then, like, halfway through, you're like, wait, hold on, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. Like, in there. I, I, yeah. And like, I feel like this is a good softball conversation for that. And yeah. I keep harping on, you know, the sexuality and that whole play for it. But but again, like, growing up, I didn't have this kind of representation. And I never got to read Wall of the Impress at that time. I didn't have that. Growing right. up, so like me, like now I'm just like, ah, <laughs> right, right. All of these characters that I really like, and they have like they're just like this, and like these kids that I grew up with, like they're just, right. I I know that this has basically become the indie talks about sexuality, sexuality. and like <laughs> dragging you along <laughs> with me of like I am just, here for it. Yeah, I am all here for it. I can't stress enough and I get so frustrated because a lot of the younger community knows about this series they're all aware of Harry Potter and like I understand as as that that was another series that I read growing up and it was something that I could relate to other people about because everybody else was reading it I could relate to it on a personal level because I was that kid every time someone like says i wish there was a series like harry potter not harry potter i go read the circle, circle of magic series yeah
2: and and, and i've it. seen that on tumblr too people are like we got your queer characters i love this series because
1: we do have women in positions of power we have people of color in positions of power we have mm-hmm. sexuality is just normalized and like mm-hmm. it, it, it just i love this series and i wish
2: i could shove this in everyone's face and be like look at this thing read it right right i'm really glad that we introduced this series to Brittany because yeah. this means that her daughters are going to grow up with it Yeah. And that's awesome. I'm I'm so, I'm so stoked. A lot of people our age who read this book series growing up, one of the things that we enjoyed about it is that we felt like we got to grow up with the characters, which is the same thing that people our age felt about Harry Potter, right? Like, it was probably kind of a lesson in sexuality for me. I don't know, we we also, we have this opportunity to fall in love with these characters as kids. And now it's great because I, I think this is why this is my favorite book in the series is because now they're adults and we get to see them dealing with adult problems and we get to have adult conversations like sexuality. It's with these characters that we've already fallen in love with. Yeah. And that is so cool. Uh,
1: obviously, like... I wouldn't have agreed to doing this if I didn't also really love this series. But like this book has kind of rekindled my love for it. And I don't think that's correct. I think it's increased my love for it. I, I, this is already a series that I have fond attachments to and a series that right. I already love. But this book has kind of like it has definitely made me just so excited to read mm-hmm. these books like if if that makes
2: sense i just that absolutely makes sense like the the catalyst for getting this podcast started was the fact that when i am really upset i go to the series i usually specifically go to the will of the empress i think i recently like reread the will of the empress and battle magic and then I was like, I'm upset and I want something to read. Let me just start over. Let me just read the whole series. And so I started reading Sandry's book. And that's when I went, wait a minute. This is my sacred series. And this is this is what I want to like do a sacred reading of with, with other people and share this. And I'm so glad that that happened. Especially because I feel like this was a major part of what helped me get through 2020. Yeah. Thanks, Briar's book. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, reading Bryer's book during a pandemic has not turned you off of it. No,
1: I remember when I was—we had just finished Daj's book. I decided I was going to sit and read Bryer's book because it's <laughs> my favorite. I don't think this was mentioned in uh, like, or I think that this might have been mentioned between us, but I don't think it made it onto the podcast. Right, but I actively remember texting you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when rose thorn got sick Mm -hmm. because i had to stop Mm -hmm. and cry because like i I have such an emotional attachment to that book i know i've mentioned it a million times but like it's what got me through the death of my great grandmother right Um, that was about the time that book came out It hit different this time around, though, because, like, it was just intense with the pandemic and with losing people. I am very thankful that we started this. I really loved this series growing up. I know that doing this has rekindled my love for it. It was one of those series that I really, really, really liked. I thought about a lot, but I wouldn't have ever put it in like my top five favorite series. Doing this podcast, really diving into it, getting into the meat of it and like dissecting it. I feel like it has pushed it to like the top three. I'm really thankful that we did this because it has made me love this series more. Yeah, I know that. Like, there have been a handful of times. I'm I'm active in a couple of different servers that have like younger members of the LGBT community, and then I'm in other servers that have older members. And like, I can't tell you how many times someone has told me I really liked the Harry Potter series, and I hate that I can't enjoy it now. Every single time I've gone, read this series. Read this right. series. You don't right. understand. You will get it when you read it,
2: but you right. have
1: to read it. I had I had one girl who actually like read it. She came back to me, was like, I really really loved the series like or like loved loved the first because she only read the first four i think she just started on um street magic we were talking about it she's like i really love the first quartet because it made me feel like i had a family and i was like that's the reason i love the series is feel like you're a part of it I feel like we've gone from talking about Will the Empress to just talking about the series
2: (laughs) as a whole. I'll circle back around eventually. Any like other major parts that you want to talk about?
1: Okay, I'm going to talk about the two gifts that are the same gif for a second.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I so Molly two different uh (laughs) two different messages which was one was me at finn and then tris at finn and i absolutely love that finn or that tris was so ready to just fucking end him (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Just i i i I love how fiercely protective they are of our There we go. I love how protective they are of uh, each other. This one's just funny, and I think that people who are listening will appreciate it. Every time that I heard the name Luvo or every time I read the name Luvo (laughs) I thought of Ludo from Labyrinth and I think I said that in the the first chapter but like I just want to reiterate that because I still think it's so
2: funny I am so excited about you guys meeting Luvo I have no idea
1: who Luvo is like
2: (laughs) the reason
1: why Ludo is such a good like is because
2: he <laughs> controls rocks and he's yes, a weird he creature and I love him. And Evie controls rocks and Ludo yeah, is Evie's friend. Exactly. Evie and Ludo would totally be friends.
1: Yes. Let's talk about how I knew that Shan was a fucking snake. <laughs> I called that shit in the fucking beginning. <laughs> Pierce does this thing of like when you really, really, really like a character, they're either a shitbag or they die. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think this fucker's gonna die. I think he's a. <laughs> <coughs> That's
2: in point, Wolfric Snapchat. Yep. Exactly. Yolly. <laughs> Uh, another
1: amusing comment i made was plant and spit pages being limited to direct direct workings is hilarious yeah (laughs) because i was like huh oh boy are you
2: are you about to uh are you about to have a bad time buddy (laughs) we've We've talked some about ambient magic versus academic magic, but this is the book where it really comes out. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, PS, most people are academic mages and they look at ambient mages and go, and they're morons. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: another one that I am bringing up directly from our chat is Ambrose is a good dude. Yeah.
2: I just love him. I mean, he's a good, he's... solid, reliable dude. He reminds me a little of Antino from Shatterglass. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, um, but also like that
1: ending. Oh my god. <laughs> There's so much there and I don't have time to go into all of it. I am most happy that my scarecrow found a home. <laughs> i know it's silly right. but like he deserves one he deserve like i i genuinely love him and like we get this whole book with him and there are so many times that like i was just laughing it-, it pulled on my heartstrings because there was so much sadness there i, I, I love are the really- moments
2: between him and briar
1: oh god right mm-hmm. and like one of the reasons I really like that specifically is because he's taken on so much of Rose Thorne's habits, one of which is just being like very blunt. He is. He's like, man, listen, I need you tonight. <laughs> but, like, on the same term, let's talk about how good Chris is, mm-hmm. how patient she is. How is Daja the one who's the worst with him?
2: Well, I I said in cold fire that I felt that Daja was the worst teacher of four. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> out of all of them, Daja's the worst with him. I remember being so frustrated. There, there's actually one in here that's in all caps that says, listen to your fucking scarecrow.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: The whole conversation in what is essentially their mind palace, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is fucking cool
2: as shit. Right, right. And like, so I, when I this is, I'd never heard of like mind palaces or anything before I read this book, and as soon as I read this, I was like, I want this.
1: Yeah, and them actually being honest with each other and talking mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. and. The whole book's
2: about communication,
1: and we finally get it there Mm -hmm. at the end. And like, Mm -hmm. I just—it makes me so happy that we we actually see them together again
2: on the road of discipline. I
1: know. Just (sighs) makes me so. I have so many (laughs) feelings. Right. I don't know. I just I love that all of them are honest like unabashedly honest because sandry's like i didn't want y'all to go i felt betrayed and that you guys should have known that i didn't want you to go and then like tris being like i thought you guys would think that i felt i was better than y'all or all this that and the other and i'm just like oh talk about your feelings guys just talk about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I absolutely loved the ending. I think that it was beautifully done. A great closure on the uh as a whole of them reconnecting.
2: Yeah. So. And then we also get all the little individual bits of them reconnecting. Yeah, like throughout I- it. I love all of those moments with each like set each pair slowly reconnects and you I remember you said like of course Daja and Sandra are the first ones to reconnect yeah I felt like of course Briar is the last one to reconnect with all
1: of that like yeah. the girls
2: all reconnect I also Breyer.
1: felt that uh, of course Briar is the last and I mean like I, I again I feel that all of them have reasons to not want to be there right like in that connection. I also feel like Briar's is, I don't want to say the most justified because it makes all of the others seem insignificant. But I'll tell like, you the way
2: I feel about it. I feel that Briar and Daja and Tris all have their reasons for not wanting to connect and Daja feels like she's been thrown out of her home and Tris is worried that her siblings are going to like feel like she thinks she's better than them and briar doesn't want them to see all these things he's seen of those three reasons i think briar's the only one who's correct yeah so that's not to say like their feelings aren't valid but it's kind of like what we talked about about in our chapter one episode they've kind of forgotten each other and so daja has forgotten that these people are going to be there for her no matter what. Like, she's not going to get thrown out. Sandry doesn't want them to be court gestures, any of that. Like, Triss has forgotten that they're not going to be jealous. They've already seen how much power she has. And they're probably just going to be like, oh, well, that's Tris." Yeah. And so I think Daja and Triss have to realize that, oh, you know what? I'm not right about this. I think Briar probably is right. And yeah. so it's reasonable for him to take so long. Yeah. Um. because in, on some level he does have to kind of get his mind a bit sorted out before he can let them in otherwise they're going to be entering a war zone yeah um, the bit of the the different connections of them reconnecting I think the one that stands out the most to me is him and Sandry yeah Um. and part of it's because I love Hurt Comfort which there's a lot of it in this book which makes me love this book even more but yeah. I just love that moment of she is trapped in the darkness and she has promised them that she's never going to force her way in to their minds. And then she does to Briar because she can't get to either of Daja or Triss and he's pissed off about it. And then as soon as he sees what's going on, he's immediately
1: like, I'm ready to fucking go. Let's, let's throw him motherfucker. (laughs) Like and I, I do love that is that. a big
2: brother moment. I will say, yeah. we've determined like, Briar is probably the oldest, not the youngest. Sad day, but a but, big brother moment. And like that is what I, big brothers are there for.
1: And I, I genuinely do like all of their little individual reconnections because mm-hmm. I feel it. It reinforces that all of them are close. Mm-hmm not just sandry and daja and briar and Triss. Right. like we we see daja and tris together and we, we mm-hmm. like actually see it and then we actually mm-hmm. see sandry and tris together because like in the earlier books Triss doesn't really seem to be close to anybody but briar mm-hmm. like that was, that's the only relationship we really get to see And so, like, it's really, really nice to see all of their individual connections because we, like, get to see Briar get ready to just fucking murder a man. We also get to see, like, just these really nice moments of... I've said it before and I'll say it again. Pierce isn't writing characters. She's writing people. Mm -hmm. And I love, just love, love, love how good it is that like just oh i can't articulate
2: yeah. well thank you for joining me on this whirlwind trip through will of the empress and oh my like how important sexuality is um, yeah <laughs> okay, it's okay if that's the big takeaway um yeah, listen the super secret chat about sexuality there we go Thanks for joining me. I'm so glad that we had this conversation because, like I said, I've only reread the first three chapters of the book and uh, now I'm really excited to go finish it. All right. Have fun. I love you. I love you. You're amazing. So are you. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly. Brittany. Brittany, Indy.
1: And Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
2: Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email
1: at Temple Love Reading Circle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple
2: on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to
0: Yellow's for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow's for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon Ann Draws on Instagram.
1: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother Thomas Dick for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing the Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. But yeah, like I don't know I, how I'm going to edit this episode yet, but I have hey. no idea. I am
0: sorry. <laughs> how would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment.